Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Market Week in Review for the week ended November 5th, 2021. My name is Bei Chen Lin, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by my colleague, Alex Coosley. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Bei Chen. How are you? I'm doing great. Alex, thank you so much for stopping by. It's been a busy week in the markets, as always, and I thought since travel is starting to pick up, we could go on a bit of a global tour today. So let's start by talking about the U.S., and then talk about the UK on Australia. And finally, we can end up by talking about China. So starting with the US, we had the Federal Open Market Committee meeting this week. So could you tell us what happened at that meeting? Yeah, sure. So the key takeaway from the Fed was we had the tapering process begin. So the Fed are going to be reducing their purchases as part of their QE program. This was really well telegraphed by the Fed over the last two months. And so there was really no surprises there. I think the other part, you think about the Fed's dual mandate of full employment and inflation uh, or price stability. On inflation, they're still in the transitory camp, but they have acknowledged some uncertainty around that by moving the language from transitory inflation to expected to be transitory inflation. And then on the employment um, side of things, you know, there's still no, there's still a lot of labor capacity to be absorbed before they feel comfortable about starting to tighten policy or raise rates. And, in the press conference, Jerome Powell actually noted that there had been no discussion about rate rises. So it's a very sequential process. So tapering will take um, probably seven months, so the middle of the year. That process will run through. And then we wait and see those signs we've reached for employment before the Fed starts to think about raising interest rates. Right. Definitely some tension there between the two policy objectives of full employment as well as price stability. Now let's head over to the UK. And I think the UK caught everyone a little bit off guard. What happened? Yeah, so the Bank of England, uh, you know, the governor, governor and the chief economist in recent weeks have been making quite hawkish comments in suggesting that a rate rise was coming. Uh, and the market had really priced for that. And so there was pretty much a 100% probability priced into markets that the, the, um, the BOE would raise rates. They actually voted 7-2 to keep rates as they are. Uh, and interestingly, the governor and the chief economist um, both voted to keep rates as they are. Uh, if you look at their the, the narrative around what they're talking about on inflation, they're very much in the transitory camp. They think inflation is going to peak in April 2022 at about 5% and then start to move down. If you think about where the UK economy is, there is still a lot of spare capacity. So the economy is still well below uh, where it was before COVID. So there is some spare capacity there. I think the other central bank to highlight uh, is, in, is here in Australia. Uh, the Reserve Bank, there'd been a lot of repricing happening last week. Um, basically, as the Reserve Bank of Australia stepped back from their yield curve control target, uh, so this was designed to keep the short end of the yield curve at 10 basis points, um, and they have abandoned that as of this meeting, but their rhetoric is still very dovish. Um, they're noting that they think inflation will be around the midpoint of the range, so the RBA target 2 to 3% over a cycle. They think it will be at the midpoint of the range no earlier than the end of 2023, so still a long way away from raising interest rates from the Reserve Bank of Australia. And now let's head over to China. So what's the latest situation on the ground? We've seen some increases in COVID cases. And also, can you give us an update on the Evergrande scenario? Yeah, sure. So I think on COVID, the first thing, you know, China continued to adopt a zero tolerance approach to outbreaks. Uh, and that has that was quite successful through uh, the outbreak a couple of months ago. They managed to contain that. This outbreak looks a little bit more concerning. Uh, has, we've seen some pretty tight restrictions in Beijing specifically because the outbreak actually broke out uh, to the northwest of Beijing. 
uh, and there's been you know, pretty significant cancellation of flights in and out and residents that are on business or uh, holidays have been told to kind of stagger their return. Uh, and this is a risk that is really going to be with the Chinese economy at least until the Beijing Olympics, this zero-tolerance approach. We really find it hard to see the government stepping back from that. Uh, so that's a risk that we continue to monitor. And then on Evergrande, I mean, Evergrande kind of pulled the rabbit out of the hat a couple of weeks ago by paying the government uh, the offshore bond. There's been another payment made, um, which sounds promising, but what has really happened is that other property developers have seen further stress. Uh, and what we when we look at things like the offshore Chinese high yield market, spreads there have really blown out again. Uh, they're back above the previous highs. There is just a lot of stress in the property sector. We aren't seeing that spread through to other parts of the Chinese economy, though. So you know, when we look at indicators of stress for Chinese banks, for example, there isn't a great deal coming through to this idea that contagion is for now ring-fenced ring fenced within the Chinese economy. Uh, the Chinese property market uh, still seems um, appropriate. But that said, we've talked about this in previous market we can review, is that it is the big risk for the Chinese economy. And, you know, we have downgraded that outlook for China. We were kind of at five and a half percent GDP growth, which is probably around five percent, uh, maybe even a little bit lower. It's probably more appropriate. Uh, and what we're really waiting to see is some more stimulus announcements and and measures to try and soften the impact that a slowing construction and property market will have on the Chinese economy. Well, Alex, you've certainly given us a lot to think about. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks always for your expertise and insight. And to our viewers, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week here on Market Week in Review.